Okay, say some things. Hello. Adventure. Love. Connection. Risk. Passion. Evolution. Play. Life. The Archetypal Tarot Podcast. Provocative mythology for the 21st century. Hey, we are so excited to get this episode out to you, and there are more on the way. And you can help us make that happen by joining our patron team. Check out tiny.cc slash tarot for more information. And at least as of right now, we still have a few more free reward upgrades available. So go to tiny.cc slash tarot for more information. And this episode features Tim Freak, who is a pioneering philosopher and best-selling author of 35 books. In Tim's latest book, Soul Story, he offers a revolutionary approach to awakening for the 21st century and a visionary new understanding of the nature of reality. So Tim and I discuss some of the ideas in Soul Story, the evolution from the fool to the world, and how the tarot works. Like, really, how the tarot works. You guys are about to have your minds blown. So I hope you really enjoy this and definitely check out Tim online. His website is timfreak.com and that's freak, F-R-E-K-E. And yes, that is his real last name. Enjoy. Hello, Tim. How are you? Uh, very good. Very good indeed. It's great to connect with you again. Absolutely. Yes. I was, um, as I said in the email, I think 2009 is when I, I, I took your course in San Francisco. And let me tell you, what what a blast. I think you were doing, it's a deep awake, but a mis- mystery tour, I believe. Yes. Um, it was after my book, The Mystery Experience, I yes, think. Yes. So at the time I was calling it The Mystery Experience. Um, but it was uh, the the precursor from what to what I'm doing now, and yeah, it was a great day, wasn't it? Oh, it was amazing. It was really, really wonderful. And I'd I'd brought my my then boyfriend with me who hadn't wasn't familiar at all. So I think it was really brilliant to have. You know, I'd been familiar with her work and following it, and he hadn't. So we both got to kind of pop in at various points. But I think we both had really amazing experiences. Potentially, his was even deeper. I think because of that sort of new mind to it. And I yeah. thought that was brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of the things I love about what I have the privilege to share is that, is that it seems to be something which completely people who are completely new can be touched very deeply and, you know, old hands who've been around the block and done a load of stuff. There's something very refreshing about it. I think that because it's so immediate. So uh, I'm, you know, I'm very lucky. The people that come to my events are very special people, I think. Yeah. And I, and my experience too, is that it, I mean, it was a relatively small group, but we all really did get to connect with you as well as with the, yeah. with each other. It wasn't just, you know, let's sit in a classroom and hear the gentleman speak. Um, there was, it was just part and parcel was, uh, about connecting. And I, I really appreciated that. Um, you walk away, yeah. cha- you walk away changed. <laughs> uh, wonderful to hear that. Yeah. It's really important to me. And even when I do big groups, it's very important that I can connect with each person individually and that we can, you know, people make a huge effort to come and see me. The least I can do is, is you know, really connect with them. Uh, that's why they've come and that's what I want to do. Uh, well, I sense too that's sort of a natural thing for you as well. That sure. is yeah. part of your, your, your soul story. Um, yeah. yeah. And uh, I know we were going we gonna to discuss some tarot because our listeners uh, primarily do come to us, listen to the podcast around the tarot, but um, since we started it, oh gosh, six years ago, uh, Sundara and I, my co-host, really 
uh, because of our backgrounds and our interests, we've really focused on the tarot more as stories, um, archetypal mm-hmm. stories. We'd uh, taken the major arcana from the fool all the way through to the world as kind of an analog um, or, or an alternative to the hero's journey, the, the mythic journey. And we framed it as such and looked at each. Uh, we did a linear pattern, but it's one of those things that can be taken in any way. But we looked at it as really a process of evolution, um, of moving through life and the things that were the challenges and things that we're called to do, the gifts that get uncovered through various stages, um, particularly when things are difficult, you know, that that can bring out the inner genius in us. And so we've, we've done that sort of loop. And then we've come back in more recent years talking with people like yourself about specifically about the tarot, but also about this idea of evolution. And I just finished reading literally last night, Soul Story, um, which is, I believe, your latest book. And, yes. Uh, it's, it is it is definitely one of those mind-blown um, type books, uh, having <laughs> good work with that. <laughs> <laughs> I get a bit jaded. I've read so much. It kind of feels like sometimes I'm like, well, what's going to blow my mind now? Uh, but, you know, that's all my own little arrogance. But um, I was wondering if, you had any thoughts because uh, on the base, I mean, it's hard to encapsulate. I realize the evolution that you basically are reframing the thought of evolution to be across everything, not just physical, biological evolution, but spiritual evolution. And I would love for you to whatever, in whatever way you would like to share ideas or some of the basic ideas of, of evolution in the, in the book. Yeah, no, I'd love to do that. And I think uh, because I mean, I think this philosophy that I'm sharing in my new book, Soul Story, which you know, I've written 35 books, and, and this is by far my most important, in my own opinion. I think this is a, a really significant book, and I'm so pleased that you find it mind-blowing because that's how I find it, really. That's how I find the ideas and stuff, which is why I've shared them. And I think it, it has, it, it is such a broad, it's a worldview, it's a way of seeing the nature of reality, which brings together uh, modern science and traditional spirituality, but it asks both of them to change in order to come together. Uh, so it is a whole new way of seeing things. And so in that way, it's got something to say about everything, but it's certainly got something to say about the way, the why tarot works. I, re- I relate to the way you approach tarot, I, I was very involved with the tarot when I was much, much younger and studying the Western occult tradition um, and, and was immersed in it for a particular period of my life. So for me, I know it works as a, as a, as a symbolic journey, and I know that it can work as a synchronous way of showing things about where you are on your journey and, and, and understanding your life story. As a philosopher, the question is not for me, does it work? I know it does. The question is, how the hell does it work? How can that be true? And one of the things about Soul Story is that it begins to lay a foundation for how we can understand these magical, for want of a better word, phenomena like synchronicities, like that you can lay out these symbolic cards and they speak to you um, and that they have an archetypal journey in them. So maybe I can approach as it seems appropriate to approach the overall philosophy specifically from that angle. So the, the essence of it, uh, as, as you'll know from having loaded it now is, is Gillian is the idea that 
modern science has given us this incredible new cosmology, which is very powerful, which says that the that not only life, but the whole universe has evolved over 13.8 billion years. And the first period was the evolution of matter, all the different forms of matter, the galaxies, our planets. And then this next period afterwards, it was the evolution of life from very, very simple single cells right the way up to complex human beings. And at some point in that evolution, something new happened, which was the arriving of psyche, this experience we are having right now of another dimension to the biological dimension, where we're experiencing thoughts and meaning and stories and images. In the world of the imagination, now, for science, that gets dismissed often as a kind of strange byproduct of the brain, as if that's all it mm -hmm. is. For spirituality, that's what, that's what it's all about. It's all about what's this other realm and the traditional name for it. The word psyche is just the Greek word for soul. That's what it is. It, it's the mind, the imagination, the soul, the psyche. These are all words. This other dimension we're experiencing all the time. It's the dimension in which you're understanding meaning to these funny sounds I'm making. <laughs> I'm making you know, my body's just making funny noises, but we're we're sharing meaning. But we're sharing it in a world which isn't made of matter. It's made of mind stuff, and that's clear. So the kind of revolutionary thing I'm saying for science is there's another phase of evolution. It wasn't just the evolution of matter and then the evolution of life, and then that's it. There's been this third phase of evolution, which is the evolution of soul. And, and what I'm saying, which is kind of a bit, well, very new for, for spirituality, is I'm saying soul hasn't existed forever. It's not eternal. It is also evolved. The, the, mm. the realm of imagination which we explore as soul has arisen from this 13.8 billion year process. And that's where it's come from. And, it's, and the process of evolution is one in which the greater, deeper, more emergent things arrive last. You know, it started with hydrogen, which is pretty simple, but it's ended with you and me having this conversation, <laughs> experiencing this other realm of soul. That's a hell of a journey. So, and the latest thing is, is, is soul. And I think understanding this, and we can go into this in a minute if you'd like to, I think understanding this offers a way to, under, to, to see how things like the tarot or astrology or other these great archetypal systems, why they work. And, and I'm really happy to explore that with you. Absolutely. No, I'm, I'm excited too. And, and having just finished the book, um, I was keeping the, the, the tarot in mind and you have a chapter, a couple of, you mentioned magic, right? And um, you do speak a yeah. lot about the, the, the ob objectivist uh, science. And I think um, a year or so ago, we did an, we did an episode on what Sundar and I called woo woo. It was a very popular episode because mm -hmm. we, I think very kind of flippantly, we're you know talking about people who were very uh, superstitious about uh, the tarot, specifically of like this will be a as as if it was a finite outcome, um, the card reading, and that you put your faith in that yeah. and move forward from it. And I think where um, Sundar and I, where we were coming from, is you're putting your power in something that is innately in relationship to everything else and therefore changeable. 
um, that idea that I think you touched on in the book too, of, of that sort of like fate and destiny. Um, and that, that yeah. the, as a tool, the tarot or our point of view is the tarot is, is a tool to help reflect back what is going on with you in these relationships, but keeping in mind that nothing is necessarily fixed and you can't just rely that this is the one answer forever. And I think the way you've explained it. I really it book, relate to that. <laughs> well, it's, it's a bit, we can, I, I know myself, like I, I think we brought up superstition because both of us have, have had, you know, you run up against it because maybe the outcome that you see yeah. in the cards is something you very much want. And so you just go headlong into putting your faith in the card versus including it as a set of tools of awareness. So I'd love for you to, to continue um, giving us your perspective on, on how it, how it works in reality. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I mean, the first thing is I agree with, with all of that completely. That's always been the way that I've approached the tarot as well. And, and, uh, and there's something very depressing anti-life about the idea that the future could be fixed yeah. because that kind of fatalism takes away any meaning from your life. The, the meaning in our lives is that we do have the ability to make choices. And the great thing with the tarot is that it reflects back to you things about what you're experiencing, what's happening to you on your journey, where things look like they're going, which is more to do with, like you said, destiny, destiny for me, your destination. It's more like, well, if you carry along this road, this will probably happen, which is much more, more reasonable and, and informative, but you still have the choice. You could ignore the message. You can see deeply into the message. You could understand it only on surface and miss the whole point. Yeah. All of that is about how you relate to it. So I, I really get that. So, so in response to like, how can we see this working? It'll be obviously a small response to a big question. <laughs> but what I'm suggesting is that all the things which spirituality is concerned with, all the things to do with soul, which, you know, are immortality, uh, meaning and magic, have themselves evolved on the physical level these things don't exist on the or on the biological level they come into existence they emerge as new phenomena in the evolutionary process with the evolution of this soul dimension which as i said we're you know we're experiencing it now it's not abstract it's right there in front of us it's in fact where we're having this whole conversation mm. and what that suggests to me is that that one of, one of the key ideas in, in emergent spirituality is about time, is that the, that the past hasn't gone anywhere, that actually everything that has happened is implicit in this present moment. So in this moment, implicit in this is our first meeting when in, in California, mm. uh, all the emails we've had since. But also implicit in this moment is both of us learning to speak English. Uh, both being born, uh, the evolution of the human species, the creation of our galaxy, the Big Bang itself. Everything that's ever happened is implicit in the moment. So the past hasn't gone anywhere. It's more like the past is uh, accumulating all the time. As time now, there's already more past now than when we started talking. So in a way, you could say that everything is made of the accumulated past, because that's what the moment is. The moment is all of that past meeting the possibility for anything, mm. which is why each moment is fresh, so that we can look at the soul and go, well, okay, so it's made of, the, the, our experience of soul is made of everything that's ever happened in soul. So you can see that what's getting, what's happening to begin with is fundamental archetypes are being laid down from human experience, like 
the archetypes that Jung talked about, um, mother, mm-hmm. father, old woman, old man, young person, the fool, you know, the, mm-hmm. the wise person, all of these archetypes, so that these become like the building blocks of the soul, which are laid down very early on. Um, likewise, the you know astrology, looking at the sky, seeing the patterns, thousands of years of watching those patterns and telling stories about the patterns. They're laying down a vocabulary of images, which will emerge. And then, because of because the past is accumulating, it hasn't gone anywhere. It means over the centuries, as these archetypal images have been invested with more and more meaning they become more and more powerful. So if you've got a system like the tarot, which arguably reach back into some of the archetypes of ancient Egypt and so forth, you've got, um, and, and of course back before that into the psyche, the soul itself, you're, every time you're relating to them, you're relating to fundamental structures of the story of life. So no, no surprise then that the, there's a kind of a magical relationship which can develop from them and rather they're not arbitrary in any sense because they're they're rooted in the very evolution of ourselves as soul beings does mm. it, does that begin to make sense it does it does indeed and um there's some that part of my background is as working with people in the concept of the sacred contract of understanding their kind of soul destiny based on a set of of archetypes and that and also understanding that some archetypes in and of themselves sort of fade away and then others build and morph into into another thing and you're uh, what you what you posit in your book actually it maps to that quite well of, of when we just look at it archetypally and maybe you've got a set of 12 archetypes that maybe in this lifetime you know putting you know the reincarnation into there that that this is what you're drawn to this is kind of what you came back with is your set of tools but the set of tools to give your gift and your genius to the world but also a set of challenges and lessons and things you need to add on to that experience to evolve basically to move forward and be a part of other people's evolutions as well um and and giving people an archetype that they can they can really go oh yes it's this it's mother it's king it's fool and their usefulness lets people um, not only kind of tap into that longer knowledge but also kind of really get their hands around understanding more deeply who they are and and how they behave and how they can give their gifts to the world and and see it as a longer evolution but it's it's difficult sometimes for people yeah. to then let go of the archetype to see it as a part of them but it's not who they are um and to me that's just the difference between yeah, the sort of egoic self and the 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 deeper connected to everything self yeah because because obviously our, our our relationship with all of these things in our own past and in the deep past are moving and changing all the time, as you say. So with soul story, as a, as a, what this philosophy in the I call emergent spirituality, which is the idea that everything, including soul, magic, immortality, everything has evolved in one process. What I, why I did it and why I I feel it's significant. Why I I want to get people's reaction to it and share it as a new possibility is that we live in a, otherwise we live in a split culture. A culture in which, on the one hand, there's this incredibly powerful science which is allowing us to connect from literally other sides of the world right now, mm. which has been so effective and, and is so so has so much explanatory power, but also has practical power. 
beyond our wildest dreams on the one hand and then there's all these other experiences like the 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 ones you've been describing with tarot and the, the magic of life and the synchronicity of life and the meaning that we feel and the fact that each one of us we 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 know we are a story above all else you know i'm not above i am i'm not just a a body i'm a story i'm i'm the story of tim meeting the story of you and when we meet the first thing we did was how's your story you know when <laughs> it's, it's been a while since our stories met and now they're meeting again and we're stories and and yet for science none of that means anything that is dismissed as like you know like you said it, you know that's dismissed as woo it's all woo there's nothing but woo woo why because it can't be explained because science goes as far as the body as biology and then it stops I mean, it goes into psychology, but it's really as a byproduct. Mm. And yet, if we can build them together, if we can go, no, 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 they are related. And this stuff, this magic of life, which I know exists, there's no doubt about it for me. I experienced so much of it. We can understand it and we can have one unified body of knowledge, scientific knowledge and spiritual wisdom, and they can become genuinely one thing. It would be just a gigantic step forward for us as, as in Western culture. It will enable us to marry these two extremes together and to give credibility to the things that people like you and I have been studying for probably all our lives. Yeah. I'm trying to think of questions that our audience might might have in relationship to that idea. And I think many people will just intuitively get, oh, of course, you know, and, and that, that there it is emergent and that that things are more of a process than they are a thing, right? And we're, we're I think, on the tip of maybe getting, developing new language to, to speak about that. Um, yeah. But in, we in, definitely need new, new language. That's, that, that's for sure. That's for sure. I mean, I, I think the key thing, which is probably different for many spiritual uh, people who've come through any spiritual tradition, which I'm saying, which is slightly confronting, I suppose, is what I said previously, that most spirituality has seen the realm of soul, the realm of magic, the realm of meaning is either inexplicable and existing forever, and that we've fallen from this other more real place into this journey of life where we've all got a bit lost and it's a bit of an illusion. From, I, I don't like that kind of diminishes human life to me and i and i'm i think our human lives are significant so it, it works better for me to see it the other way around and go no no i think the greater is emerging and evolving from the lesser so life has evolved from matter and soul has evolved from life and this realm which we're concerned with full of magic the place we go when we die the place where we're experiencing meaning right now this has evolved from the natural world, but it is more than the natural world. It is the most emergent reality there is. And that's why, that's why we spend as much time in it as we can. That's why we experience ourselves as stories. That's why we want things like tarot to help us na navigate our story, to help us understand the story, to go deeper, to find more. It, it, it makes things, it puts, makes the stakes a bit higher though, doesn't it? From a spiritual perspective the more responsibility in our own evolution and, and evolution of relationships and, and a, a greater understanding of how we are actually all connected. Um, that I was reading the book. I was, I was thinking that because I have, I personally have a sim, I'm kind of coming into this from a, a, we did come from another place, but you know, like there, there is that and maybe it was forgetting, but I think your philosophy actually includes all of, all of that as well. That, um, yes. 
and also, I mean, from the, if you had an even sort of larger, more mysterious, the cos the cosmos within the cosmoses, um, it, it actually can, everything can transcend and include. Um, so I don't know, as reading it, and again, it's fresh in my mind that I was like, oh, there, it is both and, even at that level, um, but not as, I think, specific as, oh, well, I'm just here in earth school. And this is just Earth School. So it's like it's Earth School, but you're part of what is going to happen. Like we all have a stake in it, of part of that larger evolution. Yeah, I mean the 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 thing I love is is there is a sense of of you know what would be called the fall that we all experience because within the within what I'm suggesting is that this level as with the evolution of soul has come the evolution of immortality and a process of what is these days called reincarnation as mm. many other names for it mm -hmm. but the idea that the soul moves in and out of a what I think of as a symbiotic or a psychosymbiotic relationship with a biological body so we've come from death and death is a higher level than life and so we have a sense of oh I've, I've, I've forgotten and I need to remember and then we do remember but the overall trajectory even then is we've come from literally the beginning of time with the big bang and the whole thing has been evolving and our cycle of soul it's like a cycle of waking up and going to sleep every night is a is a small cycle within a vast evolutionary trajectory within which we're constantly reaching to the greater and and that is the the context within which we reincarnate all right and the 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 tarot is a mini story you know like the the it's like a micro it's a long story the way we framed it anyway from the fool the very beginning that open mind that falling off the cliff into whatever <laughs> uh, you know it could have and we we did frame it as a simple mistake as everyone has done something in their lives that was foolish but that led them that started them on a, a journey they never would have chosen it and i think that's because you know in our minds we've we've got to get everything proper we've got to do it right you prepare before you start on the journey well the fool doesn't do that the fool literally falls into you know either by a mistake or or just by simple not paying attention but that is the seed that starts to grow along this longer journey and the world being the last card of the of that journey is the both and state is that it includes everything along the journey and then you become you you are ready to become a fresh version of the fool um and accumulating yeah. everything that you did along along the path and that story can also turn into a, a non-linear kind of thing where each each one is in a spiral but they're not always one after the other you are meeting them again and again and again along your journey um and hopefully with that you've can contact that uh the history you know that you're you're remembering you know you're bringing all of what's in the past um to your present or you recognize it or you're able to be cognizant of like i am the product of everything that has happened every relationship whether you're able to call it to your consciousness or not mm -hmm. And there's a richness in that. Yes. I, I sense the tarot is a good tool to be able to, it's like a memory. Oh, just remember this, like bring this up. Is there anything that you would say about, say, a particular person maybe pulling one one card and uh, the magic of the, that kind of synchronicity of bringing that up? They have their own psychological pulling memories. Yes. Of it. How do, how do you yes. think that works? 
Well, you know, one of the one of the things for me, you know, I, I'm a philosopher first and foremost, Julian, because I want to understand my life, mm. and I've had a strange life. You know, on the one hand, it's very cause and effect mechanical, like it is for everybody, and I see that science helps me understand that. But on the other hand, it is totally magical. Not all the time, but often enough, and it's been going on for decades and decades. So, and the tarot played a role in that. I mean, there was a my, my favorite card with in the tarot is the four. Mm. Um, the, uh, the mystery experience, the thing you came to all those years ago, was it was always the fool in my mind, the mm. beginning and the end. It was like that, that utter mystery of everything, mm. which I associate with that that beautiful card of the fool, and it was one that I've always related to very strongly. And one of the reasons is because there was a period in my life I was, you know, in my early twenties, very young. And I'd been studying Western occult magic in great depth um, and very intensely with some teachers. And I retreated into the countryside for quite a long period of about a year doing meditation. And uh, part of my practice at one point became to use the tarot every day as a way of symbolically entering symbols and, and going into the, the, the symbolic narratives that were arising. And there was a remarkable little sequence of events, which I recorded, which was that I would do a a, a reading to, to look at where I was at on the journey. And for some reason, at some point, I turned over the bottom of the pack and sought just to look on what was the bottom, not one of the cards in the reading. And it was the fool and I thought nothing of it. And then the next day I did it again and I turned it over the bottom and it was the fool again. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, that's strange. And then I did it the next day and it was the fool again. And this went on with the fool on the bottom of the card, numbers and numbers, you know, a, a considerable number of times. I, I, can't, I can't recall off my top of my head my memory how many, but enough to impress itself on me how strange it was that it just went day after day, one after the other. And they started developing, I started work on a book, which was never published. I was much too young to be a writer, really, <laughs> about the fool, because I was so like, wow, this is really important to me, this card, what's it saying to me? And it's left me with that sense of, well, what the hell happened there? Because the chances of that occurring, you know, are impossible. So, in, you know, by random things, that can't happen. So, but it did happen, and many other things besides, as I'm sure everyone listening to this conversation has had. Mm. How? How does that happen? How can this cause and effect world in which I, if I drop the cards, they will always fall, how can that be so mechanical and yet at the same time if I pull out a card it can be perfect and speak to me and my explanation in soul story which I think is is just the beginning of something but which is nevertheless powerful is to say with the evolution of soul we get the evolution of story and we get the evolution of what I call narrativity which is a new word because we don't have a word for anything for it which is basically going, look, the, the narrative level of soul is affecting and interacting with the causal world. And these two interact with each other all the time. And in one way, it's happening right now, because in one way, my body is receiving sound waves when you speak. But then in my soul, I'm making my mouth move and pushing out messages to you. Mm. So soul, and matter, um, uh, we're, we're, we're moving to and fro all the time. So the idea with narrativity is that the whole realm of soul is affecting the whole realm of life all the time so that it's not just causal, but neither is it all magical. It's actually a interrelationship between the two. And 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 perhaps a a, slightly crass but useful analogy is just thinking of 
computer games for me, mm-hmm. where you've got that you know, the, the the level of ones and zeros, which is like matter, where everything's just you know very simple. Then you've got the layer of an operating system, which is like biology, where nothing happens without that. And then on top of it, you've got the story. And that's the whole point. The whole point, actually, if you don't think about any of that, you engage with the story. And the story is affecting the ones and zeros. It's not just one way. They're affecting each other. And that life itself is something like that, which is why the st- why, why your own life becomes a magical story in, in which sometimes what happens to you has a meaningful message. Not always. Sometimes what happens to you is just random cause and effect. And you know the difference. I think all of us know when it's like that's not significant, but that is. When the, when the narrativity breaks through and we get a message from, our, from soul, which is, which is telling us. And, and what things like tarot do is it allows you to focus and to create narrativity by creating a ritual space in which you're pulling out a card with intention, you allow that power of narrativity to focus and it becomes significant in a way that if you did it otherwise, it might not be. Oh God, that's, that is brilliant. And I, the, the narrativity, I think, again, we need the language and you've actually created quite a bit of language in, in soul story to, to help us, you know, really bring these concepts in and be able to, to, relate to them within our own minds as well as with each other in conversation like this. And that, that, that is brilliant. I think that really helps that leap between, Oh, well, you know, this card, Oh, you know, what bringing that out, how did that actually happen? Um, and understanding the narrative is it's, it's built. It is a part of that. And then the next gigantic layer of complexity, at least the way I think about it is, the fact that maybe you're pulling a, a card about our relationship, as many people do, millions of times a day, as we want to understand <laughs> relationships, is is that that is the card right now that the narrativity is bringing that forth. We recognize its significance or not significance. We connect to those symbols, but we also have to realize that that is also an alive relationship. It is evolving in and of itself. It is changing. And using that and under, getting that understanding for the moment and putting it in the context of a larger evolution, not a fixed state. Uh, yes. That can be really, really important. And to maybe move away from the tarot is simply a path to the future, but an understanding of what do we really want um, in this moment <laughs> and um, knowing yeah, it's in a yeah. relationship with with much more than just our, our own psyche. That's the way I think of it anyway. Yeah. Well, does this make sense to you? Because the way I would see that from what you're saying would be, look, we've been through this phase where in the past it's been seen as a way of telling you what the future is as if it's fixed in some way, which really makes no sense actually, does it? <laughs> because if it is fixed, there's no point doing the tarot because it's going to happen anyway, whatever you think you know, it won't make any damn difference. And if the future's fixed, then Everything you do is meaningless anyway, because it, it, every it, you, what you do, how everyone's going to react, none of this, none of there's no freedom in any of it. So <laughs> that's a crazy way of looking at things. But if you see it as a way in which you can help you create the future, how you can consciously use these deep archetypes, see the nature of the way the narrative's unfolding, understand it in a deeper way, and then with your power of conscious choice, choose how you respond. It's become then a deep tool 
to help you create the future, not read the future. Mm, exactly. And I think most most people in tarot and, and others would that's that's at the that's the crux of their teaching as well of just just this is their yeah. tool their tools yeah. their guides and and for some people too it's like getting an understanding of really what you want because oftentimes we'll get something and we'll think oh okay i don't want that <laughs> like, sometimes you go only find what you want by finding out what you don't want um for for some people <laughs> <laughs> don't want that okay okay Ain't that the truth? <laughs> right oh yeah oh god <laughs> it's just listening to a song that the title was save me from what i want and i was like okay sometimes that makes yeah. a lot of sense oh god but that's brilliant one of my, one of my favorite lines uh david byrne from talking heads where he sings watch out you might get what you're after uh, and exactly. uh, that's isn't it? it is it is yeah and i think i think tools like the tarot and, and astrology certainly and and you know many other things are a good way to suss some of those things out to break us out of a shell that maybe we've, oh, I have to have this. We get kind of locked down. And I don't think when we lock down in certain ways that that is actually a great, it's a part of the evolution, but it's not really pushing forward as much. Relationship to other people too, where we kind of, this is and, the only outcome. So, you know, if I think back from my, I, do you know, I think now when i look back i mean i, I don't use the tarot now really I, I, uh, because i i'm just too busy <laughs> um, uh, but years ago when when I, you know when i was studying it and i used to i think the major thing i wanted actually was just the reassurance that mm. my life was meaningful mm. because at that time in my life i feared from time to time it might not be and then I would do a reading and it was so clear that it was because the synchronicity would happen. And even whatever it showed me, there was a feeling of, oh, it's OK. This thing, this journey you're on, Tim, it's not just some random meaningless thing from birth to death. It's much bigger than that. And you can trust it because, look, there are paths. You may not understand them yet, but they're definitely there. And, and for me, it was immensely, it was almost like generating synchronicity. So it was a, it was a, a, a deeply reassuring process to be led into those symbols and what, and what they meant. And, and I've seen that when I, when I used to do readings for other people, the same, immensely reassuring when you could go, oh, look, this is, this is happening in your life. And they could go, oh, yeah, it is. That's right. So yeah. there was a sense of which so you can relax. It's okay. <laughs> It's true. And because they are universal symbols, we might have our own attachment in that specific moment. But something that I would always talk about is recognizing that these these things are happening to other people as well. So it's a connection point. You're not the only one going through this. Mm -hmm. You're not the only one to have gone through this. So it, it can be a connection point for empathy for other people and a greater understanding that this happens to everybody, you know, the, when people get the, the so-called dark cards, you know, the death card or the tower card and yes, things like yes. that, that, that yes. putting it in a, in a perspective that's, you know, bad things do happen. <laughs> it's not all going to be good yeah. things. And it, it's a, a really brilliant connection point that there's a reason the cards aren't all happy and shiny and you're going to, you know, this it's, it's, everything's included. And, all of it is a part of a greater evolution and that's been my perspective anyway but um i do yeah. i do have to ask when we first hopped on this this call you showed me a 
box of the tarot, your original Rider Waite tarot. And you told me that there is one card missing from it. So I have to ask you, which card is missing from the deck? <laughs> well, I'll tell you a little story because it's just a sweet story. It's a very personal story, but it's sweet, which is um, the reason I haven't been doing tarot for some time now is because I dismantled my deck because I gave away one of the cards, which was the star. Mm. And I gave it away because um, probably 20 something years ago now, uh, I did a reading, which I uh, was asked to do by a friend who arrived having just found out that his girlfriend who he hadn't met for very long was pregnant he had no money uh, we were make, we, we were kind of young and bumming around together and it looked like he was panicked and and it was like oh my god this is going to be a disaster and we had nothing he had nothing and he said oh do me a tarot tell me you know do me a tarot so I, and I said okay I don't normally do that but I will and we had this incredibly powerful session. At the middle of it was the star. And it looked amazing. And, and I found myself saying to him, oh, my goodness, this is going to be the best thing that has ever happened to you. And it's going to lead you into the world. And you're going to be more successful than you can possibly imagine. It's all going to be to this little girl. And what she represents in your life is hope. Mm. And he was deeply moved by it. And he had a little girl. And he called her Hope. Aww. And he was the best thing that ever happened to him. And within a very short time, he became pretty wealthy because he went out there and made it happen for his, his, his daughter. Um, and uh, for her 18th birthday, I took the card, uh, put, it in a, uh, put it on a, a, um, a picture frame for her mm. and wrote the story on the back. And, uh, and I thought, well, I think my, my pack has to go now because she needs to have that card from which her, her destiny and her name has arisen. Oh, my goodness. That is a brilliant story. I can't think of a better reason to dismantle your deck. Honestly, <laughs> I'm glad you approved. Oh, absolutely. That is a wonderful story. And I think, um, I think that's like the perfect way to kind of wrap up the podcast don't you think i mean i would i would talk to you for hours because i just finished your book and i'm like ah. <laughs> but it's brilliant i do recommend it to to our listeners to check out soul story all of the information will be like on our website and all of that but um i don't do you have do you, would you have any any parting wisdom for us uh, just that to invite people to check out my my website and all the information and you know check out also a large, large part of what I do as we've discussed is 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 move consciousness directly with people and I'm you know I'm, I travel the world I'm coming to the states in the fall to run a deep awakening uh, retreat and uh, it's you know it's it's just great to to explore all these ways in which we can shift our consciousness and use all the tools at our disposal to make the most of our lives. And that's why I think what you're doing with these podcasts is so great. We, we need to use everything we're drawn to and to, to create our future, to create who we are. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. I, I take that compliment to, to the heart. Um, all the information about um, Tim will be at the end of the show on our website. We're, you and I, I hopefully will be continuing to interact on, on social media. And um, that's brilliant. And anytime you want to come to Hawaii, you have a contact here. So brilliant. No, I'm not. I'm seriously, I'm not kidding. It is a wonderful place and very special. We are the most 
isolated set of islands in the world. Wow. And there are many, many sacred places, I think, that would, would absolutely add to um, the deep away experience that you lead people through. And, and it's selfish, too, because I would like you to come here and so I can attend. Uh, so anyway, but it's been absolutely brilliant, Tim. Um, thank you so much. It's been a great pleasure. For more information on Tim Freak, it can be found at his website, timfreak.com, and that's F-R-E-K-E. And we know that you could have done something else with the last 40-some-odd minutes of your life, but we're thrilled that you spent it with us. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and we invite you to become part of the Archetypal Tarot team. By becoming a patron, just visit tiny.cc slash tarot for more information. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Tarot Podcast. And big thanks to our patrons, Richard, Sarah, Talia, Hillary, Peter, and Rash at staywoketarot.com. This podcast is produced by Both And Media. And many thanks to our intro voiceover talent, Eric Bra, Tabby, Gael, Mila, Fanchon, Jazz, Nina, Pete, and Fuzz. And our theme music is provided by the gracious goodness and talent of the Lunar Group. Aloha until next time.